You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. The Flintstones is the story about a lovable goofball getting framed for corporate embezzlement. Yes, really. Or is it? Welcome back to the Ores and Movie Podcast, where we try to find the real story behind the story. I'm Sean Taylor. And I'm Ian Mark. And today we're taking a look at The Flintstones from 1994. Um, welcome to the show, Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, haven't seen her before. Kyle McLaughlin. No. Halle Berry. Uh, did we do Catwoman? No, we haven't done Catwoman yet. Stay tuned. Anyway. Stay tuned. And Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor. I know! Screen legend. I, and uh, what about Elizabeth Perkins? Well, oh, I'll get to her. Because um, I, I wasn't expecting to put Elizabeth Taylor even in the welcome or the welcome back because I didn't think she would be that big of a... <laughs> but she ends up being a pretty big part of the movie, so... Yeah! Yeah! Let's welcome back Elizabeth Taylor. Um, we can welcome back John Goodman from Crossroads. Oh, gosh, yes. And Coyote Ugly. <laughs> uh, Wait, li- wasn't Crossroads Dan Aykroyd? That was Dan Aykroyd, sorry, just Coyote Ugly. But still, Ugly. Co- Coyote Ugly, yeah, Coyote Ugly. Uh, Elizabeth Perkins was in Cats and Dogs. Oh, right. She was the mother from that movie. Uh, also, welcome back, Rick Moranis from Ghostbusters 2. Ah, yes. So... I was actually kind of surprised. I kept going through the... And the top three were John Goodman, Elizabeth Perkins, Rick Moranis. I was like, no, they've never been... They have been in a movie we've done before. This one certainly had... They have been in a movie we've done before. Well, I, I, John Goodman's had such the, the, the career. The He's got the old um, throw it against the wall and see what, see what sticks kind of career. Yeah. You know, which I would take if I was in Hollywood. I think, you know... The hardest oh, working yeah. man in Hollywood, practically. Him and Sam Jackson, right? Yeah, John Goodman takes an eclectic role, uh, a series of roles. I mean, just look at his last two his last two years. He's been in, well, he was in 10 Cloverfield Lane, then Kong Skull Island. Uh, Atomic Blonde earlier Atomic this Blonde year. Atomic Blonde earlier this year. I mean, those three don't yeah. get as different as, as different gets, so. No, I, 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 I kind of need him and Sam Jackson in a movie together, I think, just... Just playing a couple of hardworking fellas. I think that's all you need. <laughs> then you've got like forget Kevin Bacon. You got six degrees of everybody. <laughs> Unless you're looking up one right now that I've forgotten. <laughs> What's the Sam Jackson in Kong Skull Island? Oh shit! There you go. There right? you go. I forgot. I was gonna say I think he was in a movie. Wait, do we, yeah. I was like, wait a second. That that that. I guess that's that's why that popped into my head. <laughs> it was for that reason. That's right. That's right. Well, there you go. So Kong Skull Island is now your six degrees of everybody in Hollywood. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and this movie. And this movie. Yeah. There I mean, is... he was perfect for the role as far as humans go. Yes. Yes, definitely. And and I have sort of a tidbit on that. But, um, yeah, it's... 
what do you say? I mean, it's it's the Flintstones. Yeah. Now, did, I think we both grew up watching the Flintstones. Oh, sure. I mean, the ones that weren't showing up live, I mean, were definitely in syndication, repeats, you know, Christmas specials, you know, stuff like that. I'm sorry, did you say live? Yes. The Flintstones was never live. Well, no, but it's I mean, uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, no, no, uh, sorry. I meant, I meant new episodes. Like, yes, there you go, there you go. Yeah, sorry, I had to call you out on that because I knew someone uh, else would. So, I've evidently watched way too much TV. So <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking this stuff is real. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I remember watching the old episodes of the Flintstones. I remember not getting it because it, yeah, it, it really it, it's the first adult cartoon that ever made television history. Um, so it is kind of like the family day, the the family day, the family guy of its day or the Simpsons. Well, yeah, it was kind of like an animated honeymooners, essentially. It was definitely the honeymooners, the honeymooners. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what the honeymooners are, Google it. Um, but I mean, back then everything was a ripoff of the honeymooners. Whereas oh, everything, yeah, just... everything in the late eighties to nineties became a ripoff of the Cosby show. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the thing, right? So you, the honeymooners, you had this just this uh, a, a couple, no kids in that one, which actually I think was a good idea. Probably streamlined their production by not working with kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you, you got just a, a couple, and then their best friends, and a lot of stuff happening just in the home. It was about kind of this this idea of domestic bliss being not quite what the sheen or the shine that it you know it's supposed to have back in the fifties. Yeah, whatever. exactly. So it was the forties, fifties, and it was sort of. Um... You know, it was post-war, post-World War II. Um, nothing was going wrong in the world as far as America was concerned. So you had this um, idea of American tranquility and happiness and perfectness. And the Honeymooners was there just to sort of poke fun at it. Um, yeah, just throw it on its head. Now, I mean, when we get to this show now, we get, you know, because it's animated, they can go more ridiculous. So they go kind of a Paleolithic look at... Yeah. Family life and marital bliss and uh, cigarette commercials. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. the, the yeah. first iteration of the Flintstones was in black and white, and they actually did cigarette commercials. <laughs> yeah, because you could advertise for cigarettes on TV. Yeah, when, yeah. when Halle Berry let up her gigantic cigarette, um, did you think, oh, that must be a Winston? Oh, uh, it had to be. <laughs> it had to be. That's <laughs> Again, <laughs> Google it, kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, let's go through this one. So, we open up not even on the opening. We have we have a, a, a live-action version of the show's opening, but that's not yeah. how this movie opens up. No, it starts like The Simpsons. It kind starts of. like The Simpsons. Well, sure, with the clouds and just a pterodactyl flying into it. Yeah, kind that's, of. But, I mean, like, we open of. up on, um, what's his name? Flint Rock? Uh, oh gosh, hang on, I got that here. <laughs> Something Stone. Uh, Cl- Cliff Vandercave. Cliff Vandercave and Sharon Stone. Yes. Um, basically announcing that they're the villains for the movie. Yeah, yeah, just kind of here you are. You're like, hey, hey, okay, well, it's the beginning of the movie. We're the bad guys, and we're going to do something evil. <laughs> Yeah, like that's, Cue the opening. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that's kind of a weird cold opening, but I kind of liked it. Okay. For for ostensibly a kids movie, it's just going to set apart the good guys to the bad guys. Sure, but I mean, if you're going to open a Flintstones movie, are you not going to open it with a live action version of their opening? With the pull oh, of the I, tail and the bird and the yabba dabba doo and everything and just drive home. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean that you know, while this was an interesting opening in and of itself, I think the yeah, you're right. The better idea would have been to start and then fade to black. Oh, and then you get you know, uh, Vander Cave in stone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, I mean, what we get the and then we get the opening opening where it's them driving into a drive-in to watch a movie about themselves. Uh, yeah, this one's meta before meta was meta. Yeah, and, and every episode started that way. Like the and the ending too. You end the episode with them leaving the drive-in, watching <laughs> themselves on screen. What the hell just happened here? <laughs> Were they watching themselves? Yeah, it always it zoomed in and then out from the same screen as uh as their adventure of the the week was over, and or starting and ending, I should say. Oh. Yeah, it all and because they end it the same way they always end it with the going to after the movie go to the they go to the drive-in. Or the drive-through to get a big rack of ribs. I thought they were going. I thought that was just like the beginning and ending. I didn't think that that was a part of actually um, of them actually going to the show because at the beginning of the movie or this one, they see they're going to see a movie. It's called Tar Wars. Ha ha ha! Yeah, ha 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 ha! Yeah. Well, that, and that's the weird thing is that it says they're going to see Tar Wars, but then they they go and then it's the Flintstones. So yeah. they're watching themselves. So it's like Deadpool going into a theater, and then Deadpool starts. Well, that would make sense, though, unfortunately. Because that's, yeah, that's the gag. This yeah. this just was like, it was a gag that just was never addressed. The odd time, I think, during the cartoon, you would have the odd wink to the camera, but I mean, nothing yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, then, no, it's just, yeah. It, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird and off-putting once you see it in live action. Like, because part of a cartoon, you're like, ah, whatever, but. To watch this, you're like, wait a second. Where are they seeing Tar And to be honest, if they set that up, I want to see what Tar Wars looks like. Of they course had... you do. <laughs> well, no, but they had a huge opportunity there to do some sort of like very brief 30-second, you know, uh, uh, Paleolithic uh, uh, take on Star, Star Wars. Wars like, yeah. yeah, yeah, a couple of guys with like just fighting with, with dinosaur bones in their hands instead of lightsabers. I well, don't know. This was back in 1994 when George Lucas was very, very um, selective as to who he lent parody rights to Star Wars for. That's true. That's I true. Mean, Anything that we had was... Obviously, he opened that up um, <laughs> later on be, in life. Yeah. <laughs> See the family guy for details. Yeah, exactly. That was pretty much the beginning of it, wasn't it? Well, the, up until then, all we had was like independent underground stuff that was never yeah, officially yeah, yeah, licensed yeah, yeah. by Lucas. But yeah. Yeah, so the the first big, big, big one. Uh, no, the Muppets. The Muppets did uh, some. The Muppet Show. But that was but that was to promote Star Wars, though. That was yeah, but I mean it was really yeah in conjunction with Lucasfilm, right? So, right. No, agreed. But I mean, like like because um, cause Lucas was very protective of it. Like he like if he saw something out there that even referenced Star Wars, he would sue. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, his his lawyers. Well, it, it wasn't so much him. He just found found the right lawyers, and they were dogs. Like, it's basically Disney and Lucas. They uh, they got all the top classes of all the law schools every year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you don't like puns, folks, getting back to this movie, ah, uh, who don't watch this movie? Do not watch this movie. But uh, oddly enough. Introduce we we start right away. Actually, we're introduced to the near slave labor conditions of Fred' existence. Did you notice? No, this? they're not slave labor. They're getting paid. 
No, okay, but I said near slave labor because the foreman, like the foreman, is yelling at guys who who are taking a break because they had one two days ago. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, isn't the prehistoric times wacky? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, well, where's HR on all this? Mm -hmm. Where's Brenda? Brenda. Brenda Stone. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Brenda Stone, sure. Brenda well, Hard Rock? <laughs> hard Rock? Yeah. Oh, she would be. Oh, she's a hard rock, let me tell you. That's right. That's she's a right. hard rock she's... to crack, let me tell you. That's right. Um, and go ahead. Speaking of things uh, that we don't get, the Flintstone car. Can we talk about this? Sure, because that's always bothered me. Go ahead. It In the cartoon, with cartoon physics, it it didn't make sense, but it made sense in a cartoony way, much the same as Bugs Bunny could run, as much as Coyote could run out, you know, past a cliff about, you know, five feet and then drop. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of give a pass in a cartoon. Yeah. But here, it just doesn't make sense. No. You're dragging a large wooden frame, two large round chunks of solid rocks. Like, how efficient is this? Maybe downhill. And one person can do it. Yeah, or if you're on a bus, you need everybody to do it. Like how? Yeah, I'll just why? Walk. Why would like, anyone just, get on a bus? No, I'll just walk. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that's what you're doing essentially. Like I, I would. I mean, as far as much as the Flintstone car is <laughs> is, is a, um, you know, a, a staple. It's it's one of those visual cues that you know you're watching the Flintstones movie because they designed a very specific look for the car. I'm like. You have dinosaurs and other beasts of burden. Thank like you. why not a why not a bus pulling a mastodon or something, like, or a, a mastodon pulling a bus? Yeah, you got the you got you got dino, you got dinosaurs and birds and lizards doing all kinds of different things. Why don't they? Yeah. So well, why don't why you, are you putting them out of work? Yeah. I, what's up? For, what's there for the big man? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but um, and they're they're singing the songs, and I'm like, wow, even the really oldies music sucked. <laughs> that's a terrible song yeah you know the well i mean they make the joke later about like there's four thousand other people in the world what do i need him for yeah yeah so i guess a song <laughs> about bedrock <laughs> yeah really yeah so here, here's the thing if bedrock is supposedly the only place what do they need a pterodactyl for that was my question thank you thank you is bedrock the only town and that's the thing. I'm try- I can't remember from the cartoons if it ever was. I, I don't think it was. I think there were other you would settlements. Think. And you would always have some. Well, because you always had someone come in from out of town. Like the mother-in-law comes in from out of town. True. Where, and the sequel, I mean? they go to the sequel, they go to Rock Vegas. Rock Vegas, yeah. So And they, they, they talk about Rockapulco. Rockapulco, there you go. Yes, thank you. So, so, so what's so nice about Bedrock that it's got a, it deserves a song? Like that's like me making a song about Ottawa. Uh, yeah, you know the last time a Canadian band did that, they they made a song called "I Hate Winnipeg." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. songs about your town don't always bode so well. I wish I could use that for the theme. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the cast here, um, and then we'll get into the movie because John Goodman, uh, great job as Fred Flintstone. And I'll even give it up for Rick, Rick Moranis. I was going to say, Rick Moranis does a great job as Barney. Um, yeah. Elizabeth Perkins actually does a pretty good Wilma. She And she looked the part right here when they put that red hair on her. She's got the like even the figure down. Yep. And I don't, even I don't the, mean it to, 
even the two twins that play um, Pebbles and Bam Bam. Yeah, pretty good job. Perfect. I, I mean, early on that was going to be an Olsen twin, but I think they were a little too old by that point. I think so. Yeah, I think they had aged out. So. Yeah, um, and even uh, Mr. Slate looked like Mr. Slate from the cartoon show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll look him up in a minute. Um, however, let's get to <clears throat> mm-hmm. let's get to the Mastodon in the room. <laughs> And that's a dinosaur joke, not a fat joke. Uh, but let's get to Rosie O'Donnell. Right. Why? Are you uh, telling me that there's no other actress on the face of the planet in 1993 that could have played Betty Rubble? Here's what I understood from the the news at the time. It was the laugh. That is correct. She got she the got, part based on how well she could do the laugh. Are you kidding me? She, You're telling she me could no one laugh. else could do <laughs> No one yeah. else. No one else could do that. Well, no one in this room. But that's about well, okay. it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <We're trying> it. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like it, that that was it. She got the part based on that. I mean, she did look actually um a little less robust than she normally does. True. I, I don't. I, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, weight shame or anything like that. It's just that, you know, I, I think she did kind of work on on her appearance a little bit in order to kind of really like she wanted that role, though. That's the thing. Like she was passionate about it, and, and you got to applaud that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because if, if she didn't want to do it, she didn't want to do it, right? She at at that time, Rosie O'Donnell was at the height of her powers, as they say. Yeah, but it, it just sticks out as a it, like a sore thumb. Well, when you compare, yeah, when you go from the animation, which is ridiculous, I mean, to to the real life, like Liz Perkins looks fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, Betty and, Rubble was like a sex symbol for a lot of people, for a lot of men. Yeah, yeah. She, mean, oh, yeah, the girl next door, right? Yeah. Well, Betty Rubble was she was the one that a lot of guys, even my age, when they were young, was saying, "Well, if I was if I was gonna fuck a uh, an animated character." It'd be Ariel or Betty Rubble. You know what I mean? Or or Veronica from Betty and Veronica. There you go. Um, like I don't know, and just Rosie O'Donnell, really, like, and just because of the laugh, the laugh, the voice, like the laugh was the big seller. Like I think she walked into the audition, nailed that, and they're like, "Well, okay." I mean, I guess. I mean, the laugh was and- sort of, you know. Uh, it was huge, uh, but I think I think the name had something to do with it too. How is that? Oh well, her star power. Her star, yeah, because you you good, Goodman, uh, you had Moranis. Moranis was still like uh, right around that. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, right. And then Liz Perkins was doing more drama and stuff like that. If sure. I'm not mistaken, but I mean, she was John Goodman did this in between seasons of Roseanne. Uh, true, yeah. I mean, he, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying any one of those couldn't carry a movie. In fact, they carried many, but uh, I think they just wanted to add more star cachet. Possibly? It's cash, but <laughs> yeah, thank you. What's that? <laughs> it's cash, but thank you. It's cash. <laughs> it's one of my pet peeves is when Americans pronounce it cachet. Cachet, yes. No, it sounds it's more, cash. It sounds more fancy and pretentious. But yeah. then they say foyer. <laughs> it's foyer. Sorry, I, I don't know. Pet peeve of mine. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think I knew that, so I said it that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, she she does okay though. I can't. 
it's it, the voice really does help like that's the thing like because she's nailing the laugh and they give her lots of times to really her and her and uh and wilma get to have their little jokes at their men their their uh, their respective men's uh expense yeah you know so sure. they 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 really i mean they really just keep setting her up for that so like in case you're rem- trying to remember this is why she's here you know yeah um, so the movie starts off and they're, well, it's just a whole bunch of puns to start with. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, the kids play in Jurassic park. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Ha ha ha. You know, the movie from the big gigantic blockbuster from the year before. Yes. That, you know what? They, that, that was a little hanging fruit, but they couldn't help but grab it. You kind of have to. Yeah, and and that's the thing. If it was, and I, and I guess that's why this movie gets tiresome is because it's pun after pun after pun after pun after yeah. pun. Puns are great. I love a good pun. I don't love forty-seven of them <laughs> in a row. In a row. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. So they go in the and so he, Fred's given Barney money in order to adopt Bam Bam. Uh, well, okay, let's stop right there at the adoption agency real quick, because, uh, so the orangutans at the adoption agency, were they trying to make a Harry and the Hendersons joke right then? No, I think they were just going for the fake out. Okay, because they called them the Hendersons. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, they they called the orangutans the Hendersons, and I'm like, really? This movie, really, you're doing that? So this is the Harry Hendersons? Yes, the kids are going to all catch that one. Right. Sure. Well, it was only four years later. Maybe the TV show was still on. Remember that? They had a Harry and the Hendersons TV show. I forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah. it didn't last long. Google that one, kids. Watch the movie. It's pretty good. Uh, John Candy, right? John Lithgow. John Lithgow. There you go. Uh, But they say Bam Bam was raised by mastodons. Mastodons. Yeah. Giant prehistoric elephant animals. Raised a small human boy. Mastodons. Um, How? Thank you. Did he just eat hay and grass? What? Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, like you you hear the pack of wolves thing, and you think, okay, (laughs) but uh, this is just ridiculous. Not even like saber toothed tigers. That would have been cooler. Yeah, anything. Anything more. His size. Yeah. Like one of them could have stepped on him. Bears, you know, uh, prehistoric bears or something. Yeah, saber two sure. tigers or something. I don't know. Yeah. You have them as pets, so. Why not? <laughs> sure. Um, well, I mean, after the adoption agency, we... Uh, so, <laughs> Betty and, and Barney, they uh, they adopt a kid, and immediately... Barney goes out for bowling. Like, don't stay, <laughs> don't stay home with your newly adopted son. Maybe get to know him. You know. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. S- sorry, sweetie. It's league night. Good luck with our new kid. That that could lift a car. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, good luck raising Superboy on your own. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He has the conservative uh, strength of like a Luke Cage, which is still considerable. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing they don't get a lot of rain in Bedrock. Because they're bowling alleys outside? Uh, yeah. So do they do you think they call their games for rain? 
you know, I think you'd have to. Because <laughs> we, we do I see it rain later on. But. I don't remember it ever raining on the Flinst- on the Flintstones. Uh, the Flintstones. <laughs> the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they live next door to the Flintstones. It was uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I, I scarcely remember too. I think it was just that it would be too hard to animate. Fuck it. This is a dry climate. They get water from somewhere. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't just don't think about it. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Fuck off. We're trying to sell cigarettes here. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about the climate. They were trying to sell good, cigarettes. Like a click click cigarette should. should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they. Uh, uh, so they must have called games for rain because in this movie it does rain in Bedrock. We do see it at least once. It does. It, it rain. It rains for dramatic effect, right? When when Fred's out on his ass. Oh, it does too. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, well, let's do an overarching thing. So, the basic plot of this movie is uh, Wonder Cave. There. What's his name? What's that? What's what's the guy's name? Flag Flagger Cave. Oh, oh Flagger Cave. Wonder Cave. No. <laughs> Vander Cave. Vander Cave. Thank you. Oh, I was close with uh, Wonder Cave. Sure. Yeah. Um, and a, a nice snotty name, Cliff, like Cliff. a rock cliff. Yeah. Vander Cave. Yeah. Yeah. So Cliff Vander Cave is uh, he works for um, the sort of uh, business portion that the, the that that Fred Flintstone works for. He works outside. Vander Cave works in the in the in the building. Um, and he's going to extort money, um, and he and Sharon Stone, played by Harry uh, Halle Berry, uh, are going to run away with the money. But they need a Patsy to take the fall, so they hire. So they do this uh, aptitude test to see who's going to become the new "quote unquote" vice president. Um, uh, vice president of acquisitions. Product, product, product acquisitions, wasn't it? Product acquisitions, yeah. yeah. So, vice president of getting stuff. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, which is what he's, which was, which is how they embezzle the money. So that's pretty good. Um, now let's 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 talk about this for just a second. Okay. So his plan was to find out who the smartest guy in the quarry was. You caught that, then, did you? And then make them the patsy for their little embezzlement scheme. Yeah, because we find out Barney does the the best on the on the aptitude test, but and he Fred switches. Does the worst. And Fred does the worst, but he switches his tablet for uh, Fred's, and Fred gets the promotion. Now, quick note: that tablet joke would have went over better if that movie was made today. Please write on your tablet. There you go. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, no, very good. <laughs> um, I was just confused at why they had to write. They have they have to use rock slabs to write on. But they have envelopes and tablecloths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they haven't figured. Well, they haven't figured out how to make a pencil yet, or chalk, or crayon. Pencil just rock, so. Ah, but highly refined rock. Well, they make a giant cigarette. I figured this, a giant <laughs> lighter. That's true. So they have paper. No, they don't have paper. Oh, what was she smoking? Well, that's true. Oh yeah, you're right. No, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, they have TV. Okay, I'm going to talk about that later. Sorry, go on. Okay. So anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um. So Fred gets accused. He, uh, but he's living the high life, and he has no idea what's going on. He becomes an asshole. Uh, the Flintstones and the Rebels break up as friends, and then they come together, and this Dicta Bird saves the day, and blah blah blah. Run the closing credits. 
Well, my... <laughs> um, so that's your o- overarching thing. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of this. Like, why? Uh, like, Vander Cave is uh, when he's talking over their their genius scheme. Um, he's uh, putting a basketball into a hoop. Yep. Did they have rubber in prehistoric times? Uh, was it just a ro- was it just a rock? No, it was a basketball. He was bouncing it. Really? Yes. Oh, shit. I missed that. Yeah, he bounced it like a basketball. Oh, my God. Well, that doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> no. Considering that that game was invented, what, in the, like, in the last 1800s? hundred years? Yeah. Oh, 1800s. Yeah, by a Canadian, my dad. Yeah, late 1800s. Uh... But rubber yeah. wasn't invented until a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly not back then. Certainly well. Again, they See, have TV, so it's weird. It's that's what makes this movie so weird is that they 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 go to a lot of trouble to get a lot of details right, and then they end up getting a you know these little details completely wrong. Yeah, like it should be the joke should be him like because they call it sinking the rock. Okay, it should literally just be a rock. It should be just that he has to go. You know, he throws it through the hoop. Okay, haha, and then he has to go over, pick it up, and then do it again. Yeah. And they totally missed that. Yeah. Maybe make a joke about wow, this this game would be a whole lot better if the rocks bounced. Yeah, it's, it's something like that. Something yeah, well, like yeah, way, that. Way to sink that. Way to sink that rock. Thank you. Yeah. You know. So uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, we get the. Um, well, first of all, I'll back at the bowling real quick. Uh, they know how to serve a mug of beer, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very Canadian mug of beer, isn't it? That is a, yeah, yeah. That's that's one I would have in my backyard if I could. Uh, Mind you, do you want four of your friends drinking out of the same glass at the same I, time? I did put that in my notes. I would not want it to be a communal cup. I'm talking to, <laughs> just give me a spigot on that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm good. <laughs> You're the beer drinker. I thought I'd ask. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I actually did put that in my notes. <laughs> um, do you ever remember seeing the mother-in-law character? I remember her being a, like a, a rarity character. Yeah, I, I can't. But we, I guess we get Wilma's maiden name. According to IMDb, uh, Liz Taylor plays Pearl Slaghoople. Slaghoople. S A L G, or sorry, S L A G H O O P L E. So before she got married, it was Wilma Slaghoopel. <laughs> <laughs> the Slaghoopels and the Flintstones invite you to the wedding. <laughs> Actually, just the Flintstones. Just the Flintstones. Just <laughs> do do you, Fred Flintstone, take Wilma Slaghoople? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so one of the things I pick up when we first see Liz Taylor. First of all, it was kind of perfect casting. You actually do believe that Liz Perkins and Liz Taylor are mother and daughter. I actually, I bought this. Sure. Okay. Oh, I mean, you go back, like, Liz Taylor was, a, you know, a knockout back in her day. Elizabeth Perkins looking great here. You, yeah, sure. Okay. That, yeah. Um, but uh, they imply 
that Wilma has a brother named Jerry who is sacrificed by her father like to a god. Did they really? Yeah. I missed that. Did the, Yeah, the line goes something, and this isn't a direct quote, but the line goes something to the effect of, you don't know what your father had to sacrifice for you. Lambs, goats, your brother Jerry. Really? Yes. I missed that completely. So, like, that goes really dark really quickly, and, and it's played off as a joke, but wait a second. For kids. <laughs> For kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he was Abraham or something like that has to, <laughs> having to put Isaac up on the table <laughs> what is going on I never caught that the first time around no I didn't catch that at all no and I, actually Jay. I think wow I think that we were watching or I was anyway watching an extended version of this because there's oh, another okay. scene I don't remember later on but we'll get to that okay Um. oh yeah so I have something else here about the about the, the main plot here like and so, first of all, we like we pointed out, promoting the smartest guy, you're going to get yourself caught like all the quicker. So that's just a dumb idea. Like it actually, the plan worked out in spite of Vandercave and his all all his machinations. Right? It Very shouldn't true. have gone. It shouldn't have gone that well because if he had promoted the smartest guy, the smartest guy would have read all this and be like, uh, "Mr. Slate, <laughs> yeah. fire that guy. Give me that guy's job because he's embezzling from you." Like. Yeah, pretty pretty cut and dry, right? So yeah, they stumble across that too, and they're like, "Oh, actually, this uh, this works out even better." It's like, well, yeah, but aren't you the smart villain? That's the thing. She, yeah, he, he's not exactly Lex Luthor here. Although I would like to have seen him play Lex Luthor. Um, he would be good. I have to. Admit. He would. I think he would be very good as Lex Luthor. But anyway, even even if they insert him here into this, uh, the the current DC stuff. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so shouldn't it have been Vandercave that switches the tablets? Well, no, because he had no idea who the smartest or the dumbest is, and that's why he's doing the aptitude test. No, no, uh, no. I mean, after the test is over. Well, who does he care? Well, not, well, no. I'm just saying. Like, I, I think this should have been the the plan. Should have been. Okay, we'll do this aptitude test. Whoever scores the lowest, that's our guy. We're going to say that he did the best. Yeah. He'll be too dumb to realize it, and everyone else will be like, wow, I didn't know. Then they have their pat- the perfect patsy. Yeah, well, then that whole storyline of, you know, Barney um, doing a good thing and for Fred by switching out his tablets, um, which leads to Fred having to fire Barney and Barney getting mad, that that would have been all for naught. Like, you'd, I... Well, but, okay, but it's all for not to to begin with, though. Well, it is and true, me, yeah. And let me be, the reason being, he you know he wants to pay back Fred for loaning him the money, so he does something to help him out. But the problem is, he doesn't tell him. He doesn't get the credit. Yeah. So now Fred thinks, uh, yeah, it's no wonder Fred went down Hubris Road because he thought he earned this all on his own. And Barney is now reacting as if he had been wronged when actually he was the one that kicked us all off. If he hadn't done what he did, what he should have done was pass the test, get the job, you got some exorbitant salary now, pay your buddy back. Yeah. You know, like, yes, he would have had to fire Fred, but at the same time, he could have gotten the money to pay back the exact, you know, dollar for dollar what he was loaned. That's the thing to do. Yeah. And he, like, and he probably wouldn't have been uh, such a dick about it. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, he was. A bit, yeah, he was more humble and everything. So, I, I, so he switches the test in some sort of act of charity, but then he doesn't get credit for it. Yeah. I don't. I'm not implying that you should always do stuff to get credit, but in this particular case, he's trying to pay back a debt. So he needs to let the debtor know what he's doing, to, yeah. so that his debt can be paid. Because because Fred gets this big job, lots of money, and still thinks that his best buddy is is in hawk for a couple of grand or whatever it was. That's true. So, two. So basically, Barney, you know, screws up. And so is Vandercave. The two smartest guys in this movie, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Are are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> The smartest one in this movie is Ms. Stone. Yeah, she sees, she sees everything coming. She's smart enough to know when to be in and then smart, smart enough to know when to pull the plug to get out. She gets She's the one that's going to get leniency from that judge. Yep, that's instead true. Instead of the concrete funeral. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, so when, when, when Fred gets the job, he, he starts living the high life. Well, okay. So... Fred gets the job. On his first day, he's told he has to fire Barney. Yeah. So he goes home, and he sees that there's a surprise party thrown at his house by Barney and by Barney and Betty. Yeah, in his honor. In his honor. They try to give him a new, a, a new briefcase, and he doesn't do it. He says, well, I have to fire you. Now, they get over that pretty quickly. It's like, well, I was told I had to fire you. They're, they're good friends, so I, I get it. Yeah. And, he, I, I, and you actually see a really good moment for Fred here in this. Sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. just this—you uh, know—he can't—he can't take this extra gift because he knows his buddy's going to be in trouble even more so yeah. after he tells him the news, right? So he actually there's a good moment for Fred. He's not a complete asshole about it. Yeah, yeah. He could have been, oh, thanks, Bon, and oh, by the way, you're fired. <laughs> you know, just hit, <laughs> hit him upside the head with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I cannot do a good friend Flintstone. That's well. okay. Don't worry about it. Um, well, let's just put it this way. It's late at night and I have neighbors, so you have to scream for that one. Anyway. So, But I have to say, Wilma's kind of a bitch because her husband fires Barney, mm-hmm. and the very next day, she takes Betty on a high-stakes shopping spree. Yeah, to all the fancy, yeah, yeah. To the big shops in town, yeah. Talking yeah, about throwing do... it in her face. I know. Just like, hey... See this nice dress? I look awesome. You can't wear it <laughs> because you're not going to be able to afford it. I will be able to get this soon, so no problem. Mm-hmm. Now, Betty kind of is, is kind of like, well, yeah, no, go ahead. and You should do that now and live the high life. She's being supportive, but at the same time. Sure, yeah. No. Don't do that. Know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if you told me, if you had to come fire me, and then tomorrow we go Lamborghini shopping, you're a bit of a, <laughs> I'm an asshole. You're a bit of a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I bought the company you work for. You're fired. Now, uh, you know, let's, let's go. You know, <laughs> we're going to the Lamborghini yeah. store. Yeah, we're going. To Lamborghini oh no, no, just shopping. for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it would have been better if maybe she bought Betty a dress. That would have helped. Especially after her credit card was declined. Which, how does she have a credit card? I don't know. What's the... I've got a real problem with electronic transmissions in this whole movie. Because that is not supposed to be a thing. (laughs) Like, come on. They have a TV. What's it plugged into? What internet service is providing this credit uh, check? You know? This credit card check. Yeah. And that's the other thing in movies that that really bothers me, too, is... um, 
when the credit card is declined in the movies, they just cut it up in front of you. Or in this one, they smash it to pieces. Right. Right. In the real world, they don't do that. Uh, You and I have both worked retail. There's no friggin' way we're doing that. No, that's someone's personal property. You say, oh, I'm sorry, this one says it won't work. Do you have another one? That's what you do. You don't cut it up. I mean, maybe back in the old days, maybe, but I I don't even think so. I I can't remember ever getting a message (laughs) that says, please confiscate the card. Yeah, no. I think maybe when credit cards first came out, they started to do that, but... So that not, way you not wouldn't by put, 1994. Well, no, and it just became kind of a running gag too. You get that that haughty French waiter that would, Monsieur, your card has been declined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they cut the up snip, right in front. The snip, yeah, 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 right in front of your date, right? Like that's. Uh, yeah, exactly. Monsieur Big Shot. <laughs> and here's another thing too. Betty and Wilma come out of that store and they have the kids go play in Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, but then. A pterodactyl flies over the town, and everyone runs away screaming. It turns into a Godzilla movie for crying out loud. For about for, yeah, for about a minute and a half, and then it shits on two cars. Ha 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 ha! Bird poop. Ha ha ha! But I'm like, well, why were they scared of the pterodactyl when we saw earlier in the movie that they use it for planes? It's their airline. Yeah. I don't know. Is it kind of the same thing as having a saber-toothed cat as a pet versus a wild one? Ah, maybe. Maybe. Here's another thing. Why are there buttons on the Dictabird? Oh, like I said, I have problems with electronic transmissions. No, but why are there even buttons? He talks to the Dictabird. The Dictabird is basically a dictaphone back in the... the, Google it, kids. Um... It basically remembers everything that goes on in Fred's office. It just records you. It's like hitting that record button on your phone. Yeah, exactly. So he he's talking to the bird. The bird is giving him advice on how to do his job. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's training day with this friggin' bird. Yeah, but there's a record, a play, and a stop button, which is on a like a base, and then on the base is a perch, and then the so bird sits on the perch. Why are there so, buttons? Ha 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 ha! <laughs> <laughs> Look, oh. they're they're like us, the Flintstones. They're like us. They're like right? us, but prehistoric times. But prehistoric Yay. times, yeah. How how did the uh, how did the record spin uh, at the party? Yeah, I don't know. You get the. Now, I know in the cartoon they used to handle a little bit better. They always pull back a curtain, and there would be a small animal of some sort doing the manual labor to make, like, the record turn around. And then the other bird is, you know, just the needle of their... Yeah. Like their beak is the needle, right? Yeah. So, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. They're just like, they're just like us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised they didn't have shell phones. Oh. <laughs> this movie has enough bad puns, Mark. We don't need you helping out. That is a prehistoric and a Ninja Turtle joke. Anyway, <laughs> glad I could sneak that in. <laughs> um, you know what? So, yeah, we talked about the, the Godzilla movie. Um, I do have a note that says they really lean into those rock-based puns, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, Kyle MacLachlan breaks the fourth wall at one point. 
He does, yes. He does, and I was wondering, like, why not do more of that? Just go for it. Well... The... Not too much, but we get it once. Yeah. And I, I think the rule of three could have really... My issue with that was, is the only thing that really broke the fourth wall in the in the cartoon show were the animals. Where they, oh, yeah. They look at the it, camera, it's a living. It's a living. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And we get one in this one where, like, a bird is at a soda vending machine. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, his job is to is to take off the caps, and he goes, "This job sucks." Well, that's yeah. not as funny as it's a living, but okay. <laughs> okay, Updated so for he, the '90s slang, I guess. All right, so I'll correct myself. We we should have got a bit more of it, but maybe they should have given that just to the Dictabird instead of Kyle MacLachlan. Mm-hmm. The the great the, the great Harvey Corman, by the way. Yes, yeah, and the Dictabird the Dictabird does get an aside. Later on in the movie, near the end, um, I forget what he says. He's when he's running to Cloud uh, McLaughlin at the end when he's trying to get him, trying to get the Dicta Bird back. Yeah. Um. But it but wasn't yeah. a direct fourth wall break, though. That's that's the thing. Like I think they should have given the fourth wall break to the bird. Yeah. Maybe maybe let him hit it a couple of times, you know, two, yeah. two, three, no more than three, obviously, but yeah. Yep, no, I agree. Um, okay, so here's another note about, about the whole technology. So I put down here, I know it's a cartoon, but conceptually they keep wanting to go for the high-tech with low-tech equipment, right? Well, why right. do they have TVs? Why do they have TVs? Could, sh- I think the, the better thing would have been to have something where like a, a parrot comes in and just repeats the news like they fly into a box there's a hole in the box and you're watching the evening news it's just a parrot that just flew in this just in (laughs) that would be funny it works that would have been funny and then everybody has this box at their home and these parrots just keep flying in this just in beep 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 and and do their thing that's funny oh i like that mark we should write a flintstones movie i know i know cheapers and so, I mean, they get the big screen TV because they're just like us, and that's what we would be dicks about doing is getting a lar- the largest TV we could find. Yeah. But when he throws it over, it sparks, and it's yeah. not the rocks. It, it, it's not the rocks rubbing up against each other sparks. No. It's it's electricity from yeah. nowhere. And then, and that's the thing. They have electricity for the TVs, but they don't have lights because we see the guy going through and lighting the torches in the street for the street lights. See, I like that, buddy. On I like doing that, the but. But you can't. But you can't then turn around and say, "Well, they have electricity for a television set." No, not without showing us something like, say, a bucket of eels or some electric eels yeah. that are somehow powering it, which you don't. And then what? What are you going to do? Where's the signal coming in from? Yeah. Where's the cameras? Who's filming this shit? Yeah. Like, like who, this is like who has, this... and, and like, do they have fiber optics? Do they have <laughs> yeah. cat five cable? Satellite no. the, is it HDMI? It wasn't a flat screen. It was a. They have a cathode ray tubes. Like, <laughs> yeah, like no. look them up, kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. So th- that's the thing. I think that's one of the faults of this movie is that the the the, um, the show kept it simple. Like you know the 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 trash compactor was an animal that ate the trash. The you know the rinse was just an elephant that that sucked bucket uh, water out of a bucket and spit it out. Yeah. Same with the shower. You know what I mean? Like, it was funny because it was just these animals kind of being repurposed for these, uh, you know, as modern conveniences, quote-unquote. 
But this movie goes just that much too far to make it. You're you're then kind of jumping out again because it's not as clever as it could be. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't mean to go all film studies on us here, but <laughs> but I want. I think because I'd grown up watching these, I wanted this to be that much better. Well, I just did a Google search, and for the um, uh, and through the pictures, and it looks like the Flintstones had TV. Did they? Yeah, I don't know how. Really? What did you look up? Uh, did the Flintstones have TV? Oh yeah, they had antennas. Which are two um, forks. You know, you know, yeah, but the forks were like carved stone, right? Yeah. So. No, you're you're right. I mean, I am seeing some here. I I just and there was like a TV camera and stuff, but you don't. I don't know. And this must be that whole cartoon to real life stuff. You know what I mean? Like I think they just the challenge was to get that much better. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Because it was a modern Stone Age family. Okay. Well, I think that. Yeah, uh, the keywords there are Stone Age, but yeah, that's one yeah. thing. They had telephones. Um, Remember that? They had telephones? Well, that's true, too. Yeah. Okay, but but the tele... See, I always bought the telephones because after playing that soup can in a string game... Yes. That never you worked. Know, you, what's that? That never worked. No, but I... But you could that you could use that to extrapolate how if they talk into the shell that it just carries over the quote-unquote phone lines. It's really just wires that yeah. were just, you know, strings that connected or whatever. Like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too old for this shit, but because <laughs> I do know, I do know that I do remember now that I'm seeing that some of the stuff that yeah they had parodies of TV shows and and stuff like that. Like yeah. they, were, they were watching news and whatnot. You just I don't know. This, this movie kind of makes you think about it. And I think this. Uh, I just wanted this one to just be well, it's better because the story isn't good, and when the story's not good, you end up seeing all the flaws. I guess so. You know, yeah, what I know mean? You're, like, you're right. Yeah. Um, the only other note I have here is, uh, okay, okay, I can swallow the fact that they have TV and combination safes in prehistoric times, but the one thing I cannot buy is prehistoric for, um, fedora hats. Oh, yes. Mainly because, and this is sort of a pet peeve of mine, because are we, can we be done with fedora hats? I mean, uh. I mean today. <laughs> Not until that last Indiana Jones movie's made. Yeah, I think. No, fedora hats need to go away. You're not a you're not a 1920s detective. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, you're not a 1940s mobster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I know three people at my job alone that wear fedora hats on the regular. Ooh, they're they're not private detectives, are no. they? No. <laughs> you didn't change jobs on me here. No. <laughs> Do you work for a mafia of any no. kind? No. Okay, well, just checking. <laughs> I work for a call well, center. It's kind uh, of like a mafia. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. But no, well, same here in that case. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm done. With, I'm done with fedora hats, and I'm definitely not buying that. Fred Flintstone has a felt fedora hat that he has to meet Jonathan Winters of all people. I, I know. I couldn't believe it. I saw Jonathan Winters show up. Like, okay. Hey, we're doing it's, a Flintstones movie. I know. Get me Richard Mall. And Jonathan Winters. And Harvey Corman. And Harvey as the, Corman. As, as the bird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Richard Mall, his character is named Hoagie. Yeah. 
He doesn't even get a rock pun, really? Yeah. Like, couldn't he have just been stony or something like that? I don't know. And, uh, oh, and they, they should have, for all the other extras at the quarry, they really should have uh, uh, tapped the WWE for more of that help. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, these guys are all moving rocks all day long. They're going to look like professional wrestlers. Yeah. I would have liked to see Brutus the Barber Beefcake moving some rocks. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. How about a, a Big John Stud? You know? Big John Stud, Greg the Hammer Valentine. You could have him using a hammer. Have the big the Greg the Hammer, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Give him a hammer, yeah. Um, Larry the Axe Henning. Yeah, um, there you I go. Guess he, uh, he might have been dead by then. but uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, The Rock wasn't around by now. But Oh, my gosh, that would have been perfect. But Don Morocco was, and he was called Don, The Rock. Don The Rock Morocco. There, there you, you go. go. You get that guy in the quarry. Yep. My gosh. See, we got to write one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> by the way, everyone listening, patent pending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pat, Pat and Penny, Um Yep. Oh, one thing I, I did like, the uh, the classic, uh, you'll never get away with this, I already have line. <laughs> or lines, I should say. Oh, is he? I already have. <laughs> I already have. And he's, yeah. okay, but he reveals that he's the bad guy and that he's framing... Um. Fred Flintstone, right in front of the Dictabird. <laughs> yeah. And he knows what the Dictabird is. Uh, he should know, but to be fair, he doesn't have one in his office. Yes, he does. Are you sure? Yes. I thought I thought that's what he had Halle Berry for. No. No, he has a Dictabird in his office. I didn't see it. Oh, my gosh. I didn't see And we don't hear from his Dictabird. No. Well, no, his Dictabird doesn't do anything, but... yeah. But here's the thing. So Wilma and Betty steal the Dictabird, okay, in the middle of the night, and they're about to lynch Fred uh, in, in the in, in the square, and Barney comes along selling snow cones, which... Snow cones. Uh, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, okay. the middle, in the middle of this, this desert. So, okay, fine. But, so then Barney gets roped in with him, and he thinks, and so they're both going to get lynched. So and they're surrounded by all the guys that got fired from the quarry, right? Yeah. Okay. So the Dictabird tells the tale that Fred was framed. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. Then they go home. They find out their kids have been kidnapped. Right. Yeah. He says, "Bring bring the Dictabird to the quarry tomorrow morning." No cops. No cops. But they do it. Why? They have proof. Go to the cops, and the cops will go to Vandercave's house tonight. Get the kids. And get the kids back. Why, yeah. do, you, why do you play into the villain's hand? Or, or, or let, let's make this a little more entertaining. You set up a trap, but with, like, your... Fifty odd quarry buddies that you yeah. just found that you just proved that you had didn't screw them over. Yeah, where are they? No, the cops show up, but I mean, where are they? Do you yeah, where are those guys? Want? Like, yeah, like, what? Why don't we have a like a take back the quarry moment? Yeah, it'll be like get them, boys, and they all come running over the hill. Yeah, well, first I didn't of all, bring I mean, cops. Fred, Fred should have been beaten to death at least twice. Oh yeah. When he go when he goes to work after the firings and they got the car surrounded, like they should have basically lynched him right, right then yeah. and there, or pulled him out and just clubbed him to death. They're fucking prehistoric dudes, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and then during the lynching, instead of the lynching, it should have been more clubbing. I don't remember the lynching scene. Never saw the lynching scene? I don't remember it at all. I don't know if I blocked it out or if it, that's why I thought this is the one I thought was an extended edition for some reason. Okay. Because I'm like, this, I, well, I, I don't gave you the copy this. I have, so. No, I know. I just don't remember this scene. I was like, did they remove that because it might have been a little too uncomfortable? Oh, I see. I see. Oh, uh, yeah. no. Well, no. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, just kind of like maybe a bad call, but they put it back in later. I don't know. Um. Oh, yes, I did have my notes here where the Dictabird says that I should have signed with Disney. There we yeah. go. That's the line. Uh, yeah. But, uh, no, you're, you're right. He announces his whole plan right in front of a recording device. Yeah. And then, yeah, so, again, not exactly the smartest villain we have here. And then, but you're right, though, our heroes, they're like, oh, well, we'll get our kids back, then we'll get you back. Well, what if he killed, what if he just killed, stepped on the Dictabird right then and there? Yeah. Thanks. Enjoy your da- your jail time. Yeah. What wh- was he going to do with the Dicta Bird anyway? Let's kill it. Okay. <laughs> just kill it. That's all. I, yeah. That's all he needed to do was just <laughs> just kill it, and then there's there's all their evidence is is gone. Yeah. And to the point, he actually could, could have maybe even called the cops once the kids were released. So who are they going to believe? Me or some embezzler? Yeah. Enjoy your jail time, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, book them, boys. Yeah. Oh, and um so let, let let's get to that to that ending. Okay. Um Here's another reason why this plan doesn't work. Two two words. Bam bam. This kid is too friggin' strong. He could have taken Kamba Glock and then thrown him 100 feet. True. And uh, and any any bonds unless they were actually solid concrete or better, um, no snap. Yeah, this, it's like trying to hog tie the Hulk. You're not you're not doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you only do it unless he wants you to. In which case, you know, like like that's it should have been the wives maybe in peril. The wives in peril would have made more sense if you had Betty and Wilma tied to that thing, and then you could have Bam Bam throwing like instead of. Uh, uh, Fred having to push that sling, you have Bam Bam just throwing that rock over to smash the thing and whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, that would have made a lot more sense. We need to write a Flintstones movie. We do need to write a Flintstones movie, yep. Let's, yeah. So let's not make it about corporate greed. <laughs> no, no, oh, maybe we damn. should. When I, when I thought, when I heard a Flintstones movie was coming out, I, okay, I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but corporate espionage? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and a corporate you know, of all the things corporate espionage is a <laughs> corporate embezzlement like why like i'm sorry should we not have had michael douglas playing fred flintstone then at this point thank you <laughs> donald sutherland instead of kyle mclaughlin yeah charlie know? sheen maybe you know charlie yeah <laughs> morgan freeman is in here some for some reason like uh, maybe I mean, it's mr slate if we're gonna do that call it wall rock street you know, or something. I don't know. Flint Street. I don't know. Flint Street. I, I just <laughs> like. Why does a Flintstone movie have to be about corporate embezzlement? Like for for kids. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, okay, yes, the adults are going to go to this movie, but I mean, this movie was, I, I believe, PG. Yeah. It was, no, it's a G. It's, That's true. Yeah, this. It's not even PG. It's G. You only have one punch thrown. 
That's uh, uh, Barney slugs Fred in the face. Okay. Well, that's comical and over the top. Yeah, he says, oh, oh, hang on a second there, Betty. I forgot to punch out. I thought, yeah. you know what? I thought that was a great line. I actually liked that. That Yeah, yeah, I really like that. When I quit and, my job, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, oh, somebody's getting me, punched out. I forgot to punch out. Blammo. Sorry, yeah. Trevor. Um, <laughs> oh. Go, go, inside reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, to be honest, the... The whole, uh, the whole plot about the modernization and all the fellas being out of work, I think you had it there. You didn't have to add corporate embezzlement on top of it. You just take a plot from one of the TV shows, you extend it, put in a whole bunch of puns, and it would have been fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like we I, could probably watch like four episodes and have an idea. Yeah, like, like I understand the fact, okay, like I know I've complained about the puns, but I mean, I understand they have to be there. That's... That's half of what the Flintstones was. That's that's pretty much a lot of the humor rested on that yeah. the, the the pun equivalencies. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm willing to go with the puns, but I mean, <laughs> corporate embezzlement <laughs> for kids. <laughs> you know, like why? Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. I don't understand why you would do that. Oh, oh, I oh I know what we should do about uh, for our uh, our Flintstones movie. We could take one of the characters from this movie, played by Jay Leno. Oh God! Yes, as the host, as the host of Bedrock's Most Wanted. Oh, a a a, a TV star who runs for mayor of Bedrock. <laughs> okay. And then you know the guys in the quarry. Maybe they get contracted to build a wall of some sort. Maybe <laughs> 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 uh, uh, maybe it ends up not being a wall, but maybe a hinge. Of stone, <laughs> a hinge, a stone hinge, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe they get they have to go to China to build some sort of. <laughs> and why are they building a wall? Who are they trying to keep out? People from? I don't. Uh, oh, well, from Rock Vegas, obviously. From Detroit Rock City. Detroit Rock City, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, okay. from from Rock <laughs> no, no, Vegas. No, no, people coming in from the Canadian Rockies. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Got to keep mm-hmm. out those damn Canadians. The damn Canadians, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flapping heads so full of lies. Um, <laughs> They're coming for our beer mugs. <laughs> we got <gotta, laughs> to stop them. <laughs> but not for our beer. So we're good. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. <laughs> Pitter patter, boys. <laughs> <laughs> What's that old famous line? If I wanted water, I'd ask for water. I'd ask for water, yeah. I thought they did a nice recreation of the beginning and the end. I thought that was uh, well taken care of. Very faithful. I will um, say very faithful, and and some of the little details like the uh, the Dino gags were were spot on for what you would have seen in the show. Yeah, interesting. Now, the, the Dino CGI, however, was, was reminiscent was reminiscent of Power Rangers. So, oh, I got to give a little more credit than that, but not that much more. But well, I, when, I will when he, I, when he was in full view. I mean, like when when it was just the head popping up in the shot. That was obviously a puppet, and this was yeah. done by Jim Henson. All the puppets were Jim Henson. Um, yeah, and, and I got to say that that I really like that choice, especially in 94, of going with minimalist CGI. Like, they needed Dino to be very, very active and running around, which they couldn't have achieved with the puppetry. Right. For the to, Not to the mania that they needed with that, right? Same with the tiger. 
yeah. to be able to jump back in the window and stuff like that. Like they needed that that type of really really super active movement that that unfortunately I don't think Henson could have provided them not as smoothly. But I like that it was kept to a minimum that everything else they just built. They built and built and built like the town, the quarry, yeah. the the animatronic animals, the the the, the garbage disposal, the you know their sink uh, hose, you know everything. I, I really did actually, for all its faults, I really appreciated them trying to go real world on this. Yeah, it, it looked like bedrock to me. Like, I, mm-hmm. I never once said, well, this, this doesn't look like bedrock. I mean, it looks like a movie set, obviously, but um, it looks like bedrock. And I, and, I'm, and I can get it immersed at least that far into the Yeah, into the abs- absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I got so <laughs> far immersed, I started picking it apart because I was so in for everything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, just a few things on the movie here. Let me pull them up. Um, this was supposed to be Richard Donner's next film after uh, Lethal Weapon 3. Really? Yeah. Richard Donner almost directed this movie. Oh, I'm glad they got Spieled Rock. <laughs> it wasn't Spieled Rock. Uh, it was uh, Brian Levent. Oh. But Spieled Rock uh, produced it. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, yes. Uh, Barney's Ru- Barney Rubble's Snow Cone Van plays the theme song from... Uh, the Jetsons? The Jetsons. Mm-hmm. Hanna-Barbera's other cash cow. Which, oddly enough, was never actioned. There was talk. Yeah. Well, I think that's because of the sequel to this movie, when they bring in the Great Gazoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sequel month, folks. February. Right. Um, final appearance in theatrical in a theatrical film uh, for Elizabeth Taylor. Mm-hmm. Such a storied career. And this is how she goes out. Yeah, wow. On a mother-in-law gag. To be fair, though, she was funny. She was. Actually, I did like the gag, too, where, where uh, when the kids go missing and she's uh, yeah. tied up and Fred keeps walking over to tend to everything else but her. Yeah. Looking at that joke now, I'm like, ha, 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 mother-in-laws suck. I guess back in 1994, maybe it was different. Uh... Nope, probably pretty much the same. Pretty but but what made it good though is what made it good though is that she's a consummate professional. Like she's in the silliest of situations here. Yes. And playing a caricature of a mother-in-law. Yes. But man, she went for it. Like her exchanges with Fred were actually really good. Yeah. I, I will say I actually enjoyed her scene some of the best, especially when she has her turn. My son. Yes. And just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once he gets rich. Oh, that, that, She's actually one of the things I enjoy the most about this. Uh, the Bedrock set took two months to film, or two months, uh, two months to two months I, to build to build. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, and cost four point five million dollars. Uh, accounts for one tenth of the entire movie's budget. What? One tenth. So this cost forty. 40- Two odd million to make forty-five million dollars. Forty-five. Probably made the mo- the money back. To be very honest. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it did. You want to look that up? I am. Yes, um, I do want to. <laughs> and I'll go through some of the uh, almost cast for this for you. Uh, so in the role of Wilma, they had Faith Ford, uh, Catherine O'Hara. Ooh. And I don't know who Faith Ford. You know, she was on. Um, she was on a TV show that was big. I think it was uh, Murphy Brown. Yeah, she was Murphy Brown's best friend. Okay. 
Um, and uh, Gina Davis. Okay, I coming don't like off that, of actually. coming off of Little Big League, or not Little Big League, uh, a League of Their Own. A League of Their Own, yeah. Ninety-two. Okay. I could see her in the Red Wing. She's tall. That's the thing. Wilma's notably tall for and a natural redhead. Oh, there we go. Uh, for Barney was Denny DeVito, who mm. who turned down the role and recommended Rick Rick Moranis. Well, good for him. Yeah. That's always a class act when you can, yep. if you walk away from a job with a recommendation for someone who could do it. And, and uh, you know, Danny sounds like a, like one of those nice guys that probably was like, you know what, this guy's got a great impression. Yeah. They wanted Danny DeVito for the height, right? Because Barney Rubble's always short. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, name recognition, though, with Danny DeVito, you've got a household name. Yep. Um, in the role of Sharon Stone, played by Halle Berry. Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Yeah. <laughs> the role was written for Sharon Stone. And they were going to use her name in the movie. Do we know what happened there? Uh, she turned it down. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's too bad. She she was coming off a of basic instinct. I think she was a little bit better um, than the Flintstones at this point. That's true. She basically had the world at her fingertips yeah. there. She was after the, that. She was she was the big girl of the day. Um, the femme fatale. The yeah. And while Fred uh, was always going to be um, John Goodman. Oh yeah, um, sure. they did uh, consider some others. George no Went. Oh, Norm. Norm, huh? Uh, James Belushi. Oh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, yeah. Nope. Well, if you don't like that one, you're not going to like Chevy Chase. Oh my gosh, no! <laughs> How about Bill Murray? Oh come on now, you're just making stuff up. <laughs> no, no, that's true. But this one I thought would have been good. John Candy. Oh. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I think John Goodman was the best one. Absolutely. But in an alternate world, I would even go George Went, too, because he's got the curly hair like Fred had. That's um, true. But either John Candy or George Went, I'd be happy with. Now, I, I would I would like, uh, let's see, either um, Chase, Belushi, or Aykroyd as, instead of Kyle MacLachlan as the, as the villain. I think those guys would have done well in the villain role. Sure. You even make Chevy Chase, you give him some pepper hair, or you, you give him a, ball, a, a skull cap and make him Mr. Slate or something like that. No. So I'm not a big fan of Chevy Chase, so. Yeah. But no, but still, uh, any of them could have pulled off the villain role, and I think he would have had to kind of round out the comedy troupe, right? Like, yeah. Because McLaughlin's kind of playing against type here. Yeah. Well, no, but I liked him in this role, too. I did, Oh, don't get me wrong. He does a great job. What did the movie make? Uh, let's see, worldwide 341.6 and change million. That's, that's big for 1994. Yeah, that was, yeah. So, So, and, and yeah, the box office mojo is reporting 46 mil, uh, for, for a tight 90 minutes, eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a quick watch, which is good because I don't think you want this to go much longer. You know, it's funny though. I had so many different messages and things going on. This actually took me longer than most movies to, to review. Oh, really? I kept having to pause it for different reasons. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> of whatever was going on. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched it straight through. Fuck it. I, I wasn't going to waste any more time. Um, so, as always on this show, we try to find the real story behind the story, Mark. Uh, I only have one. Because uh, one big glaring thing popped out at me here. I really think this is, uh, it, it is the story of Fred Flintstone meeting his bastard son for the first time. Both Fred and Bam Bam have superhuman strength that no one has in this movie. 
No one else has it. True. And as we've seen with Sharon Stone, Fred has the wandering eye. So I think... Very true. I think there was a time when Fred did have a dalliance, then realized he was wrong, which is why he doesn't do it again, but that mystery woman ended up having his super strong baby and had to give him up for adoption. I think there's a deeper story here. Ah, okay. The origin of Bam Bam. Why was he raised by mastodons? Why is it only Fred is the only <laughs> one that can... That giant uh, slingshot, he's the only one strong enough to do it. Aside from who else? Bam Bam. Ah, who, nice. who else could Who else could lift his entire weight just up on his on his tippy toes while holding a while holding a bowling ball? Fred and Bam Bam. 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 That's right. I I absolutely think this is his. This is a Jon Snow situation <laughs> with Bam Bam here. <laughs> Except he gets to meet his real dad and doesn't even know it. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I didn't go that far. I went for the joke. Um, I went, or is it the story of Fred Flintstone, the man who stood in the way of, of progress, pushing back the Industrial Revolution by another 65 million years? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. you know, d- d- Vandercave, while being the villain, he does find a more cost-efficient way to oh, yeah. do business. He sets he, up... He- Essentially, the conveyor belt system that eventually uh, Ford would set up back in the early 1900s and make cars with. That's right. He invents the factory concept. Essentially, yeah. And, you know, this is how the Industrial Revolution and how technology progresses. and Automation. and Automation. And, this is, and Fred Flintstone fucks it all up. Yeah. His only contribution, he discovers concrete by accident. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'd rather have my iPhone or, well, not an iPhone, but a cell phone. Well, sure. And the thing is that they haven't invented the cement truck yet, so how are they going to get it everywhere? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to need at least two drivers for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to about do it for the Flintstones. I'm Sean Taylor. And I'm Ian Mark. Join us next time. Oh, and by the way, this one is going to be... This one's Just a do stretch. it, man. This one's a stretch, folks. All right, all right. I'm digging it. Join us next time when we'll take a look at the story of a computer nerd who is faced with the decision of a computer with no storage or an outdated computer system. Bruce Willis stars in Drive Free or Flash Card. <laughs>